the rest of us, we're going to try to finish up today looking in uh, 1 Chronicles chapter 4. As we look into 1 Chronicles chapter 4 and verse 10, we're going to finish up talking about the prayer of Jabez and what maybe we can learn from uh, that prayer and we can add to our our hearts for the Spirit of God to help us continue to grow and continue to serve God well. We've been talking about uh, this uh, short prayer that's found in the middle of a lot of genealogy and a lot of lineage uh, verbiage that's found in the First Chronicles. And uh, in, in, in verse 10 of chapter 4, it simply says, Jabez cried out to God, the God of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. And God granted his request. That's the entirety of our study for the last few weeks, a couple weeks, and including today. And we're talking about uh, the parts of his prayer that we might could learn about who we are and what we do and why we say what we say to God and maybe the motives behind our conversations with God. And really... uh, hopefully helping us to figure out are we are we really tuned in to our mission here in, in this world are we are we really tuned in to who we are in Christ and what Jesus is uh, commanding us to do as far as making disciples go uh, maybe we are maybe we're not maybe we are somewhere in between maybe the Lord's still working on us uh, either way I think uh, we, we've learned a couple of things so far that uh, Jabez was asking God to, when he says to bless me oh that you would bless me he was simply, we believe he was simply asking to be in the blessing that was promised to Abraham. And that blessing was that God would make him a great nation and that God would make him a, a godly man, a man who would, would be influential and, and have many generations of descendants that would be called God's people. So basically this is a request uh, to be a part of God's kingdom and be included in the promise that was given to Abraham to be blessed. So we, we hopefully are understanding that and finding ways to approach God in this way that we, we simply just want to be part of the kingdom of God. And if we understand the gospel message, we know that Jesus died on the cross for the purpose of reconciling the sinful man with the holy God. And it's the only way to be reconciled to God because sin separates us from this holy God. So we are able to be a part of God and his family through Christ and his death, burial, and resurrection. Then he asked in the second part of the, uh, uh, the prayer, he, he requested that God would enlarge his territory. And we've mentioned, I think I mentioned that uh, some people believe this is a selfish prayer and it's not a very good prayer. And that this prayer of Jabez was uh, out of line and, and it wasn't, was really because of its selfishness is not something we should use as a model for prayer. And I just disagree with that because... Uh, I believe that the motive behind Jabez's heart was that he would serve God and serve God well. And if he was going to be a a part of God's kingdom and an influential part of God's kingdom, that he would have a a great impact in the world for God and for the ways of God. That he would become an important part of God's kingdom, not for himself, but to glorify God. Right? And I don't believe that God wants any of us to have a small impact in this world. I don't, I don't think God wants any of you or myself or anybody else in the world who would accept Jesus as Lord and Savior, step into the grace of God, and become a disciple maker with the power of the Holy Spirit working in their lives to make a small impact in this world. 
I think God intends for all of us to go into the world and make disciples and do it in a great way that makes a lot of noise and has a lot of results. And I think that God has every, uh, uh, he has, he has every bit of ability to allow us and help us do that, to work in us and make us great in that way. For his glory, not for our own. Not in a prideful way, but in a surrendering way or a submissive type of way. That we are his and he's living in us. And if I'm great, or if you're great, or if this congregation of believers is great in any way in this world, it would be great for the kingdom of God. It would be great for the witness of Jesus and his death, burial, and resurrection. That's what we talked about in the first two parts of this prayer. So let's build on that. As he goes into the rest of this prayer in verse 10, uh, he, he says, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. And the next thing he says is, Let your hand be with me. Right? Let your hand be with me. And we, there are several uh, gospel songs in the world, uh, several uh, uh, hymns that have been written uh, talking about uh, holding the hand of God or needing God's hand, uh, needing God's guidance, and how much we need God in our life, how we couldn't survive without God, so on and so on. And this is the idea that Jabez would have had that he's saying, uh, that your hand would be with me, meaning that without God's presence, without God's guidance, he could do nothing in regards to being great and having his uh, territory expanded. Right? It's, it's almost, it's almost uh, imagine Jesus coming into the world and telling his disciples all about the kingdom of God, as he did, and imagine him saying to them, I'm going to uh, be crucified, and I'm going to go uh, be resurrected from the dead, and I'm going to go be with the Father, and I want you to continue to go into this world and tell people who I am. And then there's a period after that. It doesn't sound right, does it? If you know, if you know how it's written in the Scripture, uh, in the Gospel messages, the Great Commission says that Jesus commanded the disciples to go into the world and make disciples, Baptizing them in the Father, Son, and the Holy in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and then it says, "I will go with you wherever you go," which is the key to the whole thing, right? There's no way that any of us can share the gospel in the world in an effective way, in a way that brings the power of God and His kingdom into the hearts and minds of other people, or let alone our own, if we are doing it in our own strength. If the Spirit of God is not there, working in us, right? And I, and I, I realize that uh, some of us Christians are a little bit more, we consider ourselves a little bit more on the conservative side of things. We're not so charismatic as some of the other believers in the world. We're just kind of reserved, right? That's how we, that's how we are. And I think that's fine. I think the Lord can use that. But if we're not careful we can consider ourselves so conservative that we will dismiss the Spirit of God in our life because we're not paying attention to Him. We're not paying attention to His guidance. We're not holding the hand of our God in that way. Right? Not that we would desire to reject God. It's because we're so, we're so reserved that we, we, we don't want to be considered crazy. We don't want to be considered flamboyant or or charismatic, or whatever the word you want to use, the truth is there is a, a Holy Spirit that has been given to the believer based on his 
faith, repentance, and baptism and the forgiveness of his sins that is here to lead us and guide us and take us where we need to go in this world for the purpose of making disciples. That's what he's there for. That's why he exists in our life. Not only to help us grow, to help us uh, leave behind what doesn't honor God and embrace what does, but to go into the world and be used in great ways in large territory. Right? We are great because of the Holy Spirit that lives in us. We're great because He's great. We're holy because He's holy. So here He is. He says, hold my hand because I need you. If you answer this prayer, it's only going to be successful. It's only going to be worth anything if you're with me and if I'm with you. The Israelites, if you look at the history of the Israelites, uh, all throughout the Israelites, you would see God's hand involved or not involved in their journey, right? Because they leave Egypt by the hand of God. Yes, God sends Moses, says, let my people go a bunch of times and, they, and, and, and have this big interaction with, uh, with, with Egypt and they finally get let go because of, the God, uh, because of the hand of God, namely the plagues come on the enemies of God and they can't handle it, so they finally get let go and then they get chased and then it's the hand of God that preserves them by parting the sea so that they can escape the danger, right? And then once they get into the wilderness, they start grumbling against God's man, Moses, so God uh, pulls his hand back and they begin to suffer. Because remember, in the beginning, in the beginning of all of this, God says, uh, I'm going to be your God and you can be my people, but this is the way it's going to be. That's what God always says. If you want me to be your God and I want to be your God, if you want me to be your God and you want to be my people, then this is the way it goes. This is the way it's going to happen. And it's non-negotiable. Hello? See this right here? This is not negotiable. Except for that page that just fell out. It's just a marker. This is what God says. If you want him to be God, your God, and you want to be his people, then this is the way it is. And when we deviate from the way it is, the truth, then we will feel the hand of God move away a bit. Not totally surrender, not totally abandon, just move away. Not because God doesn't love, it's because God is just. And he will not have sin. It's not, it's not possible, right? This is, this is why we need Jesus, y'all, because we can't behave ourselves. We can't. We, we want God. And we're saying, okay, it's your way or the highway. But then when we get in the wilderness and things get rough, we start to grumble and complain. Or when we're overly blessed and and spoiled, we begin to uh, neglect the knowledge that we need God. That happened to the Israelites along the way. They got so blessed of God's presence, they were just so comfortable, they just stopped uh, having fear of him. They They lost the fear of the Lord, and they would get away. And God would hand them over to their wicked ways. Not abandon them, but he would just back off. His hand of power and authority and blessing and, and, and provision and so on. Everything that I have listed up here on the screen is God's hand. 
his blessing, his strength, his protection, his guidance, the authority of God's presence, uh, uh, his holiness, his righteousness. It's all there. We cannot be Christians without this. Right? Because the very word Christian means to be like Christ. And if we study the life of Jesus in the flesh, he constantly was going to the Father because he needs he needed the Father in his mission. So who are we to think that we don't need God's hand in our life? Who are who are we to think that we can do anything without God's hand involved in what we're doing? Even if it's uh, vacation or, or, or fellowship or just something fun, we still need the presence of God. Because the moment we're left to our own resources, we will fail. Think about Peter. Peter is one of my favorite uh, brothers in Christ that we read about in Scripture, mostly because Peter did a lot of things or, or experienced a lot of things that none of the other disciples or believers had ever experienced when they were walking in this world with our Savior in the flesh. Namely, especially, obviously, when he got out of the boat and walked on the water with Jesus. Right? He's looking, he's, he's in the middle of hard things, this hard, this bad storm, this fearful situation, and he sees Jesus, the man he, need, he wants to be with and needs to be with. In a moment, he ignores the problem, sees Jesus and says, if it's you, tell me to come where you are because that's where I feel safe. And Jesus says, well, then come on out here. And he gets out of the boat, not even, not even considering anything else. He takes a step out of the boat, walks across the water, and he's walking on the water with Jesus. What a moment that must have been. What, what, a, what a thing that must have been to experience. Because he had his eyes focused on Jesus. He could do anything he wanted to do in that moment because he was focused on what Jesus was doing and he wanted to do what Jesus was doing. And it was the moment that he took his eyes off of Jesus that he started to fail. The moment he let go of Jesus' hand, the hand of God is when he began to fail. The, when, when everything began to fall apart, he started realizing, hey, I'm in the middle of this storm and I'm not even in the boat anymore. My security, or what I think was my security, is now gone, and it's all because he let go of the hand of God. And then he cried out for what? In the next moment. Because of the fear that was... It, consuming him, he says, I'm about to die. And he says, Lord, save me. And what do people who are drowning do if they can get their mind to do it? They reach their hand up for somebody to grab it. They have their hands up and they're waving them around and they're hoping somebody will grab that hand to give them some rescue, some help something that they can't provide for themselves. And this is what Jabez is calling out for. Remember in the beginning of this prayer, it says that Jabez cried out to God. It's not, it's not a casual prayer for Jabez. It's not something he's just saying, by the way, God, if this is, going, if this is possible, let's do this. No, he's crying out to God. He needs 
God in this way. He wants God in this way. He wants everything that he's asking of God. And he's saying, he's saying, look, that your hand would be with me. So we've got the plenty of examples of the Israelites throughout the time when God was with them and then when God would back off of them because they forgot that it was under his conditions that they would be his people. So he would just remind them and say, okay, if you want it your way, this is what's going to happen. This is how it's going to feel for you. And it was suffering always. Peter gave us a, a snapshot of what it means to need the hand of God in all, in all situations. You might, you might love God. You might have this great relationship with, with your Savior. But there's moments in life where we sometimes let go of his hand or forget that we need his hand. And we're reminded partially sometimes or abruptly sometimes, not because God is punishing, but it's the reality of the presence of God and the lack of the presence of God or the absence of God. He knew that none of this, none of this was possible without the blessing of God's hand, without his presence. First Peter teaches us, ooh, I got lucky and turned to the right page. My bookmark fell out. Look at here. Chapter 5, let me tell you what those were. Uh, chapter 5 of Peter, 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 6, he's, uh, he's, talking about, he's talking to the elders, Peter's ta- teaching the elders and the young men of the church, and he says this in part of his instruction, humble yourselves therefore under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. I do believe that God has, has created human beings to have a desire to, to be everything he created us to be. We are supposed to have a desire to be what he created us to be. And when God created man, he looked and said, that's really good right there. We were created to be great. The key to being great after sin is humility. Understanding that God is God. Not only that, but understanding the need that we have for his hand in our life. Not just one finger or two. Because some of us want his blessing. You know, some of us, what, what was that? Let me see if I can get it back. Some of us want, yeah, some of us want his blessing. We want his strength. We want his protection, right? We want guidance, usually. I don't know that we all want his authority all the time in our life, do we? I think we say we want to want his authority, but sometimes when we read in the Bible, stop doing something, it kind of hurts our feelings. Because stop doing whatever we're supposed to stop doing sometimes is hard to do. If we wanted to stop doing it, we would have stopped doing it by now. Right? That's why repentance is so hard. We, how many of y'all really like to be corrected by anybody, let alone God? Nobody. I mean, I don't mind it when it's constructive criticism like like happened to me earlier this morning which I, I'm, I'm thankful for I'm not going to say any names <laughs> try not to look at people <laughs> but uh it's needed it's needed in our life to grow isn't it but let me tell you something the Bible teaches us that God corrects the ones that he loves hello so we, if we're going to cry out to God and he, we want Him to be our God and we want to be a part of His family, we want to be His people, we want to be blessed and we want our territories expanded and be used in great ways for the kingdom of God so that people would get saved, then we need to ask God 
genuinely and earnestly and cry out to God and say, correct me when I need to be corrected. Bless me when it's time to bless me. Strengthen me when I'm weak. Rebuke me when I'm sinning. Make me holy. Let your authority rule in my life. That's all the hand of God. That is that's everything. The hand of God is what goes before you. The Spirit of God goes before you. Everywhere you go, you come into a room, you go to a, a, a store, you go to work, you go to your home, you go to someone else's home. Wherever you are, the presence of God is with you as a believer. You bring God into this world just by the very existence uh, you live in. And it's all because of the hand of God. I have, I have personally witnessed the hand of God being on church congregations for a number of years and then because of the church and their uh, lack of desire to stay true to Him and they eventually get off track and start uh, doing things in sometimes even sinful ways, I've seen God take His hand from that convers- uh, congregation. And they shrink and they die. They're no longer existing. They close the doors and they sell their building to somebody else. And it's all because they fail to stay faithful and stand firm in what they're praying for. Because they're praying for God's blessing. Every church that calls themselves Christian, every home that calls themselves Christian, says, God bless us. Help us to be yours. I want to be a Christian. And if we're, and if we're tuned in to what that means, we should have the prayer that he would expand our territory and make us uh, valuable in the kingdom and that people would, we would meet people and that they would get saved, not because we're great Christians, but because they meet God because they meet us. But if we don't include God's hand in our prayer and our desires fully in the way that it's been, we've been describing, then we're, go- we're not going to make it. It's not going to happen. We're going to be disappointed in God's answer to this prayer because it's not can you answer some of these things? It's Jabez is like, all of this is a package deal. And I, I would love for it to be, I would love to, for, the, for you to answer this prayer for me. Rom, Romans chapter 1, we, we've studied this in the past. Romans chapter 1 <coughs> describes what it looks like when, when God's hand is removed or when God's hand fades away. When the presence of God is uh, fading away or no longer there. I'm not going to read all of it, but I'll read some of it, starting in verse 18. I don't have it on the board because it's too much to put up there. In verse 18, we read things that says, The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of men who who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Since what, they, uh, since, since what may be known about God is plain to them, because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, His eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that men are without excuse. This, this, kind, of, this kind of explanation of what the wrath of God looks like goes all the way to the end of the chapter. I would encourage you to read it just so you're reminded. I want to read all of it, but I want to say some other things, so I'm going to, I'm going to let y'all read it later. The point is, if you're, you're either with God or you're not with God. And if you're with God, 
then the blessings are there. The, the, the promises that God has given to those who love Him are there. His presence, His hand, the, the, the use that He's going to use you for His purposes in the kingdom of God. You are going to be great for Him because of Him, through Him. But if you're not with God, then you're in the darkness. You're an enemy of God. You live in the wrath of God. And you shouldn't expect any of God's promises to be fulfilled in your life until you repent. Until you say, uh, change my mind. I, want, I, do, I, I change my mind. I don't want this. Right? Anybody who's ever been saved in, by the blood of Christ because they understood the gospel and they said, yeah, that, this is, that, that applies to me and I need to make a decision. And then they make that decision and they surrender to God and they repent it's because they realize that the way they were living before is outside of what God wants for them. It's outside of the blessing that God promised to Abraham. It's outside of the blessing that Jesus died for. So yes, we want God's hand to be with us. I want God's hand to be with you. I want God's hand to be with me and my family. I want God's hand to be with those in my life that aren't saved. I want God's hand to be with my preaching. With your witnessing. That's what I want. That's what I'm asking God for. It's a, it's a big ask, isn't it? it? It really is a big ask. It's like you're asking, you're asking for the same thing that God wants for you. However, it's a big ask because I'm not even sure that we even can understand it fully to be completely aware of what we're asking for. That, that's called spiritual growth. We, as we grow, we, we understand this more and more. Yeah, I want God. I, I want God's love. I want salvation. I want to go to heaven. Yeah, I want the blessings. I want God to solve my problems. I want all of this. And maybe even we get grown enough to say, yeah, I want God to teach me and correct me and make me holy. But even then... When we think we understand what all that means, something happens. And we're challenged. Our faith is challenged. Our spiritual growth is challenged. And we begin to have doubt about certain things in life. And I think it's normal. I think it's all part of the process of God answering this prayer for us. For the believer. And I also think it's what God uses as part of the power in your witness. Because the world looks at us and says, hey, look, those people over there, they call themselves Christian. They, think, they say they know God, but they still struggle. They still don't get it right. Maybe God would bless me. Maybe God does love me, even though I'm not perfect. Maybe, maybe God wants me to be part of this. And they start considering the gospel. All because you and I are striving for God to bless us in this way. To, 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 to expand our territory in this way. To, for God's hand to be a part of our life every moment of our day. I think, I think the best way for me personally, and it might be for you as well, <clears throat> I think the best way for us to continue to stay focused on this uh, idea of God's hand being in our lives and the need for it is for us to imagine, and especially, namely Romans chapter 1, what I just read a little bit of, that we would imagine what it would be like if God's hand wasn't with us. You realize even in your sin, God's hand is involved. Even when you're not so great in your commitment to Christ, God still is there. 
even before I was saved, before I understood the gospel and said yes, yes to Jesus, when I was out living as if God didn't exist and just doing my own thing in my own kingdom, God's hand was still involved in that. Y'all should be praising God right now because the same is true for you. Because if it wasn't for that, I would never have even ever had a chance to even hear the gospel. Because I would have been totally surrendered to what sin brings into the life of human beings. It's a bottomless pit of despair. It's the absence of God. That's what hell is. The, the total absence of God with no chance whatsoever to be reconciled to his holiness for eternity. That's what hell is. So that's how I know the hand of God is involved in every person's life. Because as long as you're still in this world breathing this air, whatever you think of this air or not, it's keeping you alive physically. But if you leave this world and you don't receive Jesus as Lord and Savior and you don't receive this truth, if you don't say these prayers, these kinds of prayers, at crying out to God that you want to be part of him, you will eternally be without him. That's the gospel. Right? And, 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 and when, when, when the days when my son was going to college, I had opportunity to talk to a lot of younger people, college-age kids. He would, he, would, he would accidentally have Bible studies in his dorm room. He would call me up because they would get in there and talk and, about life. And next thing you know, they're calling me because I'm a preacher. What do you think about this? What does God say about that? And whatever was going on. And I got opportunities to teach those kids. It's like, look, this is what the Bible says. Y'all figure it out. This is what the truth is. Y'all figure it out. And many times I've said to him and other people that were his age at the time, it's all fun and games trying to be an adult. But if you leave this world and you don't know Jesus, it doesn't matter. I don't know how many times he tried to tell them that. I don't know if he even came up. But all I know is we spend a lot of energy trying to make ourselves something in this world. Impressing each other. Impressing being successful the way the world says to be successful. Being important the way the world says to be important. Raising our families responsibly the way the world says to raise our families responsibly. We have to have a house, we have to have our cars, we have to send them to school, we have to raise them, we have to retire, we have to go buy some property in Florida because we're old and retired. Whatever the world says we're supposed to do, that's what we strive for. But Jabez is saying, look, I understand that there's something bigger than this world, and I want to be a part of it, whatever that looks like. And I want to not only be want to be a part of it, but I want you to make me great in it so that you can be great for the world, so that the world would see your greatness. And, and this clearly tells me that he understood that he, in his own flesh, and his own self, he couldn't do that. And he needed the hand of God involved in his life. And I hope we all understand the same thing. So we pray for his hand in our life. I think you guys, I think all of us pray for his hand involved in our life always. I just don't think we say those words. Because there's times when we're praying for God's guidance. There's time when we're praying for his blessing. There's time when we're praying for God to correct our disobedient children. Right? And there's times when we're, we're 45 to 50 years old repenting over our disobedience when we were 18. I, I called my dad at least once apologizing to him for things I did when I was a kid. 
only because I saw my son doing the same thing. I'm like, really? Did I act like that? The next thing he says in his prayer, and I'm going to read it in the NIV here. The next thing he says is that, uh, oh, that your hand would be with me. And, oh, excuse me. And then he says, keep me from the e- keep me from evil that I myself will not cause pain. <coughs> keep me from evil that I, that I might not cause pain. Keep me, keep me from, that's the King James Version. The New International Version says uh, something different. It means the same thing, but I took the King James Version off of this because he says, keep me from evil because the intent was to keep me from sin and wickedness. Right? Keep me away from the things that don't honor you. Keep me away from the things that are opposite of what I just asked you for. I just asked you for to, to, for the promise, for the blessing. I just asked you to expand my territory. Use me greatly. I just asked for your hand in my life. So keep me away from the things that distract me from that. Keep me away from wickedness and, 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 and sin. says this right here, a new command I give you, John chapter 13, verse 34, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, and you, and so you must love one another. And then uh, John chapter 15, verse 12 agrees, uh, continuing the, the command, he says, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. This is straight from our Savior telling us what to do and how to be if we're going to be his. You can't love people by sinning. And you certainly can't love God by sinning. Right? I, I was hoping to get some amens because I, I was hoping that wasn't a surprise to you. <laughs> right? I was hoping that wasn't something you were like, oh, really? I didn't know that. But we all know that. We all know that sin is not good. Sin offends God. And if we're asking God that we want to be a part of this promise, the blessing, bless me and use me greatly, and let your hand be with me always, we cannot say those prayers and then choose to go live a life of sin or even choose to sin on occasion. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm doing the same thing in my mind and in your mind we're sitting back saying, but will we all still sin? We all sin every night. Sadly, that's true. But we're, we're, we're to be people who are trying to grow out of that. Right? We're to be people who, who, who are in the habit of regularly going before our Lord, desperately depending on the answer to this prayer, the blessing, the expansion, the hand of God, so that we would, it would move us to repent regularly. See, see when I was younger, in my 20s, I didn't, nobody was going to tell me what to do. I wasn't even going to tell myself what to do. I'm serious. Listen, I'm confessing to you all that I had that much pride in my life. So much so that even when I knew I was wrong about something, I would not confess. Because I was tired of adults telling me how to live my life. Thinking I had it all together just because I turned 18. This is the truth. And it, and it damaged my mentality. It damaged my spirit so badly that it took me until I was in my 30s to humble myself and realize that God gets to tell me what to do and I had better listen to him. And I was blessed to live long enough to come to that realization. Because not everybody lives to be an old person. 
talking to most of the young people in the room. Every one. We cannot say, I want heaven and I want the presence of God, but I also want the sinful things of this world. So we have to ask God, keep me away from the things that tempt me, from being what you don't want me to be, what Jesus died to spare me from. If we understand the gospel and we have value in our heart about what Jesus did on the cross, then there's, there's going to be this burning desire to not smack him in the face by sinning. Right? By not pursuing sin always. Acting like it's not that big of a deal. Those Christian folks are just out of their minds. You know, you know the world is trying to tell everyone you don't need church anymore. Christianity is fake. It's not real. It's, not, it's, old, it's old school mentality. It doesn't work in today's world. That's what everybody wants us to believe. That's what everybody's telling young people in today's world. The promises of God, the truth of the gospel has been true since God created this place and they will be true until God makes this place go away. And the realities of the gospel and the reality of our need, people's need for the gospel are true and will always be true. So I urge you to say these kinds of prayers. I'm challenging you to consider if you haven't prayed to God like this, start now. And if you have prayed to God like this, continue. Because let me tell you something, we're, all of us are going to walk out of this church today and before the sun goes down, Satan is going to try to tempt you in some way. And it's all because you came in here to worship God this morning. It's all because you believe that Jesus is the Christ. It's all because you've asked God for the blessing and the expansion of your territory and for his hand. And, and, and Satan knows that God is faithful. We know that God is faithful. He's, he's just going to convince you that you, you don't have to rely on his faithfulness. He's going to lie to you and you're going to give in to that temptation and you're going to sin. And if you're not spiritually healthy, you won't even repent. And that's bad. He said, I don't want to cause pain. Jabez's name means the one who causes pain. That's what that name means. His mama named him the one who caused me pain. Now, we don't really know the details about that, but it was because it says that when she gave birth to him, it was painful to her or it brought pain into her life in some way. And I'm not going to speculate exactly what that means because nobody knows. All I know is, here's a, here's a young uh, man running around the world and everybody's calling him the one who calls, causes pain. Of course he's asking God, let me, let me be a part of something better than that. Let me be a part of something great because apparently I'm causing pain to other people to get a name like that. When we sin, we cause pain. A lot of pain. And these two verses that I have up on the screen were commanded as believers to love one another as, as He has loved us. We're commanded to love. Out This congregation right here, we, we spent some time praying about and talking about what we're going to be about, and we decided we're going to be about loving God and loving people. It's not possible if we're sinning. 
to love other people. When we sin, we cause pain not only to other people, but we also cause pain toward ourselves. We're hurting ourselves. You want to go deeper than that? Genesis chapter 6 says, The Lord regretted that he had made human beings on the earth, and his heart was deeply troubled. This is Genesis chapter 6 where we can read right after he, re- he, he noticed that Adam and Eve had disobeyed him and had sinned for the first time. It says, it, it says that he was deeply troubled. And when we sin, we cause pain toward God. So, so it's not possible for us to say, God bless me. And God used me in great ways and that your hand would always be with me and that your promise that you would go into the world with us to make disciples and that your spirit would be with us to give us everything we need. It's not possible for that prayer to be answered if we want to live in sin. I don't want to be a person that causes pain. Look at our world. Look at the world we live in. Everywhere you turn, someone is hurting someone else. Now, there's, now don't get me wrong. I'm aware that there's plenty of things that God is doing in this world where there's people loving people. There are p- plenty of amazing things that God is doing through the work of other people to love other people. But there sure seems to be a lot of hurting and, and, and hateful things going on between people. And the reality is, is for years, for generations, since the beginning of time, God's people have had this habit of hurting God's people within the church, within the body of Christ, within the, within the Israelites. You want an example? Achan decided he was going to be selfish and take what belonged to God after God said it's not his. And he took it and then he lied about it and many people died because they found themselves in the hands of a wrathful God. And he hurt his family, his community, and he hurt God. That's what sin does. Good news, y'all. We're going to leave you with good news. Let's consider this prayer of Jabez. Let's consider everything that, that's in it. Do we, do we really want God to bless us? I think the answer is yes, but I, I really want you to go home and prayerfully spend some time answering that question between you and God. Do you really want that? Do you really, in your, deep in your heart, want that kind of blessing? Do you really want God to use you in great ways, expand your territory? Do we want all of these mountains to know what Oak Grove Christian Church is about. And it's not about this church or the people in it. It's about the God who created us all and sent Jesus to die on the cross. Is that what we want the world to know? Is that what you want your neighborhood to know about your home? And do we really want his hand involved in our lives, in our ministry, in our work? Adam and Eve were hiding when God approached them after their sin. They were hiding from God as if he couldn't find them. In that moment, they really didn't want God's hand involved in their life. 
Do we really want to be kept from evil? Do we really want the temptations to go away? Do we really want to repent? Now, some uh, find it easy to repent most of the time. Others seem to struggle with the same temptations most of their life. And the only way I uh, can explain this uh, to where I could understand it is you don't quit until you quit. It's, 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 it's nothing, if you're trying to quit, that's, let's pray about that and let's ask God for his hand in that so that you can be successful in quitting or repenting. I got saved and then the Spirit of God started working on me and I was a smoke, I smoked cigarettes. And, and, and I think I told you all this before, but the preacher, our preacher there, he preached a sermon one Sunday, and he said it's not sinful to smoke cigarettes. And y'all, I was so excited because I had been wrestling with God about that for a long time. I was so excited, I almost lit up a cigarette right there in the church. I was like, really? Where's my... <laughs> and the next words out of his mouth, he said, if you, but if you're addicted to anything but God, it's a sin. And then I knew I couldn't play games with God. Then I knew it was a little bit more serious than just trying to act good. And then I understood what repentance meant. And all my friends that I used to hang out with that smoked cigarettes, we'd always take turns saying, I'm trying to quit, I'm trying to quit. I tried to quit smoking since the time I started smoking. But I really didn't want to. And until I wanted to, I didn't quit. And until you want to repent, you won't repent. And until you want to repent and you won't repent, you'll never be in the blessing of God like He wants you to be. He'll never be able to use you the way He wants you to be used. Not for your sake, but for His sake. And you will forever crave the hand of God in your life. And you may experience it from time to time, but not the way He wants you to experience His hand. I feel like some of us feel like we're really blessed people, and, and you may be. But I'm just saying that uh, as blessed as we might feel, there's always more to the hand of God that's available. There's always more to God that He wants to pour into your life that you've never even experienced, you've never even considered. Every time I turn around, I think, man, the Lord's blessed me. I'm such a blessed person, and I don't deserve any of it. And then something will happen and he'll bless me even more. And I didn't even think that it could be possible to bless me any more than he already has. This is what Jabez is crying out for. Now I'm asking you to consider this kind of prayer. Not really to say these words, but you probably see it. But I'm saying consider what, he, what Jabez was crying out for. And ask yourself, are you crying out for these kinds of things? And, and really, the key to that is, are you crying out for them? Or are you just passively saying to God, you feel like doing this, make it happen, and then roll on with your busy life? I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings. I'm just telling you the truth. I love you, and the Lord loves you. And He wants the blessing for you. He wants to use you in His kingdom. He wants his hand to be fully involved in your life, and he wants you to get away from temptation. So much so that he sent Jesus to die on a cross the way he did. 
so that when he was in the grave, he came out of the grave and he went to be with the Father, proving that he's our Savior, he's our Messiah. He's the only one that can connect us to this holy one. And without him, there's no hope. In fact, if without Jesus and his existence, we all just go do what we want to do because there's no meaning to it. So I hope that we go away realizing just what we're involved in. And that we would ask God for the blessing. We would live in the blessing. We would live with joy in our hearts, praising God in fear of ever losing this blessing. In fear of ever walking away from it. Asking God desperately that he would continue to lead us and guide us and protect us. Y'all ready to sing? If you, if you don't know Jesus in this way, if you're not saved, if you've never accepted this salvation, this grace, this forgiveness, that's the beginning of the crying out to God for all of these things. I need this. And without this, I'm lost. Come down here and say that, and we can baptize you right now. That's what you need. Let's, let's sing together and we'll, and we'll, and we'll uh, uh, praise God together.